Nikki, I want to jump back into a case that Matt was talking about with us, this Supreme Court case he argued called Shirtliff versus Boston. So he was describing how Shirtliff put forward a petition to get permission to fly a flag that he said was a Christian flag on Constitution Day over City Hall. And Boston said no. And despite losing at all the lower courts, Matt Staver and Liberty Council won nine to zero at the Supreme Court, which was a huge victory for the freedom of religion. What I think was super interesting about this case is a couple of things. First, and Matt didn't talk about this, both the Biden administration and the ACLU sided with the Liberty Council in supporting Shirtliff in his uh, desire to fly this flag. So it's interesting how constitutional rights can bring together unlikely political alliances uh, when it comes to just a simple reading of the plain Bill of Rights. You've got the Biden administration and ACLU and Matt Staver all going to court together saying that the city of Boston was wrong. I thought that was interesting. Another thing I thought was interesting is when they actually wanted the Supreme Court and they got to go back to Boston and fly this flag with permission of the city, it ended up being a huge turnout. So hundreds of people came, tons of media coverage, and <laughs> if they just let him fly the flag originally, no one would have even known it was a Christian flag. It just would have been a nondescript flag flying with other flags over Boston City Hall. But because they made such an issue out of it, and it goes to years of court cases and battles culminating in this Supreme Court case, this one little tiny nondescript flag draws so much attention and national media ending up having a much bigger effect and message for Jesus Christ than ever could have been accomplished originally. And I think that goes to what Matt was saying earlier in his interview when he said, you know, sometimes what the enemy would intend for harm, God intends for good. And so you feel like you're losing, losing, losing. But in fact, it's this back door to some huge win. Yeah, no, that's great. And the enemy, of course, you're talking about is the enemy of our souls. And I, I find it really encouraging, as, as you mentioned, to see that kind of unity, especially during these divisive times, because yeah. it reminds us that whatever is going on in the larger arc of history, we're all in this together. Mm. And the Constitution was intended to be a document that bound us together mm, under shared values and principles and timeless truths that we chose as a nation to live by, protect, and uh, respect. I. I think you see that unity not just in the ACLU and the Biden administration support. You also see that unity in the Supreme Court decision, right? Where all right. the justices, yeah, nine agree. to zero, nine to zero, right? So it's it's a hopeful reminder to us all that we can come together. I mean, even the the case he was mentioning where where PETA, you know, was on their side, sure, right? right? That again you're seeing people coming together who have these shared convictions. And I think it's important for our audience to understand, and we tried to make, I think, this clear in, the, in our interview with Matt, and he communicated this as well, is that 
these cases aren't just about Liberty Council's clients. Right. They're about all of us. The standing to protect the right to fly that flag wasn't just about, oh, let's protect Christianity, right. the, the free exercise of religion for Christianity. It's about all faiths, right. no faith. All freedom. All, right. Mm -hmm. And so I think those are the, because when these cases often get spun by the media or groups who oppose you know, or on the other side of the issue, they'll often try to spin it as, well, this is just trying to advance this particular special interest. But that's not what these cases are about. Right. So I think it's a beautiful irony, but it's an irony nonetheless, where you have people like Liberty Council who are actually in a real way fighting for the very people who are opposing them yeah, in some of these cases. So, um, do you mind if I pivot to something else? I I, I noticed in the. I'm fascinated okay. by what you're saying. <laughs> I know, my, I'm so I'm such a fascinating person. That's why you married me. That, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> you know the stuff that Matt talked about in terms of first of all love, that they don't have hatred towards those who disagree with them. I thought it was so important in this again these turbulent and intense times that we don't get so angry and bitter with people who disagree with us ideologically, politically, mm -hmm. that we dehumanize them and we begin, because that's what hatred does. It dehumanizes the person that it's directed to. Uh, so I thought that was a very important reminder on his part to say, no, we, we choose to love. And I think uh, that's critical. And of course, seeing Biden's administration, right, and the ACLs, you step up, and PETA on this other case is also a reminder that the people that we often say are, we often talk in absolutes right now and extremes in our, in our dialogue today. And these kind of cases remind us that nobody is absolutely X or absolutely Y, right? That there are places where we can all um, come together. If I can just share something from, uh, history, because we were talking about American history. Mm -hmm. Daniel Webster was uh, Secretary of State twice. He was one of the most prominent attorneys in our country in the 1800s. He argued approximately 200 cases, 200 cases before the United States Supreme Court. I think he's the second most prolific Supreme Court litigator in our nation's history. Anyway, listen to what Webster said. I just want to pull this up here. He said, hold on to the constitution of your country and the government established under it. Hold on. In other words, Webster was warning us that our constitution and our country can be lost, mm -hmm. which is why it's so important to have organizations like Liberty Council and even like the ACLU, who we may not always agree with on everything, but there are some things that we do agree with them on from right. a litigation standpoint. We need these organizations who are standing up uh, to protect our constitutional liberties. While we might disagree sometimes on what, you know, the interpretation of the Constitution might be, the heart to protect our constitutional liberties is what's important. Close with this, and I'd like to get your reaction to this. He goes on to say, Webster does, quote, we live under the only government that ever existed, which was formed by the deliberate consultations of the people. The people form the government. Government by the people. We the people. For the people, right? He said, miracles do not cluster. 
that which has happened but once in 6,000 years cannot be expected to happen often. Such a government, once destroyed, would have a void to be filled, perhaps for centuries, with evolution and tumult, riot, and despotism, end quote. So his counsel to his generation of Americans and to our generation is not to take our constitutional republic for granted. Because if we lose it, he says that tyranny and violence are sure. going to follow, and it'll be very difficult to restore what we once had. So that's why I think it's so important that we stay on our toes about protecting our, our constitutional rights. What do, you, what do you think about? I think that goes to what we were asking Matt about. How do you interpret current events in the light of historical events? And to what you're saying from Webster, we don't see great empires followed by great empires, right? right. And I hear a lot of people today saying, let's just burn it all down or blow it all up and start over. But then when you ask with what, they don't have a good answer. And I think Matt hit on that a little bit when we were asking him, how do you persevere or how do you take these attacks? And his answer was, I, I know who I am. So it goes back to identity and values. You can't prescribe values and identity for a nation if you can't prescribe them for yourself or for your small group or your family or your community or your city, you get the idea. Um, I think we have to start with who before we can trickle down to what. It's kind of the basic of a strategic plan. The Constitution is a large identity document. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of what we're feeling now in the shifting of the country is an identity scramble. Right. We're tearing down those statues and those monuments and shredding those documents or largely rewriting them in the classroom. And so we lose that mooring. I mean, you know that several of our children, their classrooms aren't even teaching the Pledge of Allegiance anymore. The pledge isn't to a national government or a, a deep state. The pledge is to each other that we pledge allegiance to this symbol that says we've got each other's backs. Mm -hmm. And so then who are we and what are we? And to the, your point, if we don't stand for the Constitution, if we don't stand for our country, what are our military members fighting for? Um, what are they signing up to put their lives on the line for? And their families, what's that sacrifice for? These are the enduring questions that are being, I think, provoked right now when we're starting to pull on the threads of national identity. And it gets back to what are you standing for? Knowing who you are, what your values are, uh, why you're getting up every morning and doing what you're doing enables you to persevere and stand and make decisions like, I will serve my country or I will get into this fight. Um, I don't think it's wise to say, we're just gonna blow it up and start over. I think to you, what I think you're saying, it's better to try and work within the system to change it. Yeah, and work with each other because exactly. we're all in this together. And to your point, you were talking about empires. You know, the Roman Empire never came back. Right. The Napoleonic Empire never came Ottomans, back. Ottomans Persians. never came back. Shaka Zulu's Empire in South Africa never <laughs> came back. Right. So we really have to take seriously mm. uh, these attacks, to your point, on our national identity, which is expressed through the Constitution. So we all need to stand together and stand for our constitutional liberties.